In this episode of Luco Discusses, I am joined by Theodore Gimeno, film studies student at the University of Warwick. Theodore Gimeno, I've got that right. Am I pronouncing it right? Perfectly. Perfect. Right. So, what made you want to do film studies? Um, so I guess it's, uh, also film studies following film, mm -hmm. and I became uh, very interested in films first, mm -hmm. uh, when I was in high school, so college actually, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of, as I was looking for pathways for education, mm -hmm. I learned that there was such thing as film studies. Mm -hmm. um, so film studies at work is actually, I think a program that's been going on since the seventies. Um, but obviously film has been uh, emerging after the second world war. There's been such a, uh, a huge educational kind of uprise for film. And so film studies was kind of the result of me thinking, Hey, should I go into the humanities or should I go into literature or, or, or actually is film what I want to do. And, uh, I think very quickly, I just, I just was honest with myself saying, yeah, yeah, I was going to do that. I think with film studies, you can touch on all of these other subjects as well. Like you can make a film about humanities subject, you can film about which anything. So that's one thing that I realized in the course is that we were studying all of this, you know, these aspects of life, mm -hmm. um, different courses through the scope of film. In, uh, literally through the lens of film. So obviously there's tons of the, the inspirations that I have are films that some are, uh, more philosophical, some are more literature based, some are not at all mm -hmm. and experimental and more of like the art form yeah. side. Um, but you're totally right. It's, uh, it's very free, um, but there's, there's still a lot of structure to it. And that's why I think film as a film as film. As a, as a study in itself is very uh, enlightening. Awesome. What would you say have you now learned the most about during these past what, three years or so when it comes to film? There's a, there, there are codes, there are rules. Codes and rules. Okay. Um, I would say not in the sense that they limit you, but mm -hmm. that they, if they do limit you, it's, uh, it's beneficial, if anything, basically it's the idea that within a vision you have, mm. uh, you don't need to follow in the footsteps or in the codes or in the rules that, you know, it's not the law. However, I've been able to see that, um, there's a morality to follow and it okay. depends for every, for every person, uh, for every artist, it depends, mm. but to stay consistent across your work, to stay consistent within your work and to actually be telling the right story or the right thing. Cause it's not just about the story. It's what's actually ingrained in it or what you're trying to show or what the film is making show people in itself. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, a morality. So you, that's basically what I've realized that, that there's, <clears throat> there's an, a spine or there's a real skeleton and a soul. Mm -hmm to the work and that, um, you can't just learn technicality, can't just learn, uh, movements or, or understand, uh, history on its own. There's mm -hmm. so much that basically goes in. And I think there's a real 
I've, I've been reflecting a lot on why I would shoot something the way mm. I shoot it. Okay. Because there's virtually a thousand different, a thousand million, whatever different angles and, yeah. and shots that could make for one face, mm. for example. You say, yeah. Mm. Okay. So I, uh, I watched a film that you made recently. Thank you. Um, so for those who haven't, could you give a brief summary of what to expect from Les Paroles du Soir? For a Um Yeah. So Les Paroles du Soir is a film in French. Um, the title is The Evening Word in English. It's a film about a young man who thinks about a young woman. Um, however, uh, the main story during the film is that he becomes confronted, I think, with the memories of her, uh, and of their past relationship as he's kind of cleaning up his apartment before the Easter summer. Mm. So <clears throat> the story is based around that morning that he spends picking up these, uh, these items he, he has and, and packing his bags and doing the dishes and doing all this kind of mundane work, which you would, you would expect from anyone. And from there on, you, you enter his, uh, his introspective state and he, he allows you to walk into the past or, or his projections towards the future. I, for me, there's a bit of a blurred line between that. I don't know if he, if he remembers or if he desires. Yes. Interesting. So what, what was it like to rise and direct your own film? It's cool. Okay. It's cool. really cool. Yeah, no, it's very, very cool. I think I don't feel, I don't feel, um, that there's a, a situation in my life that is sometimes more exalted than actually shooting a film. It's so exciting. Um, it's, it's quite anxious. It, I, I'm quite anxious when I shoot a film, but at the same time, I'm very, uh, I feel like I'm living every second. Um, I think if I was to answer this question also in terms of this film, it felt particularly great because we shot it in 2020, mm. which was kind of the, the, the productive death year where no one was doing anything and, and actually feeling like we were uh, producing something, uh, over the summer, it was a period of five days, so mm. not that long, okay. but I'd written it in, in April and, um, thinking I could make it and then actually showing up on the day and seeing that other people showed up on the day and, and <laughs> shooting for five days and then calling it a wrap was it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that, that feeling for this particular film, so very special. Mm. Um, at the same time, it did feel like I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a bit of a, an overarching um, guilt moment where I was like, COVID still happening and people were still stressed out about, it. but at the same time, I, I, I don't even remember if he would care for or not, but hmm. I, I didn't feel like that was uh, worth um, <clears throat> stopping us in this sense. Funnily enough, we only shot inside one apartment, so we were quarantined. Yeah, I guess. It was, I liked it. It was, um, like. And the scenery, they said, to, where was it filmed? Bordeaux, oh, in the yeah. center of, in the center of town. I, I rented an Airbnb okay. for, for five days nice. and, um, yeah, we shot there. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, no, 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 it's cool. But there's the stone walls inside the apartment mm -hmm. and, uh, like the stairway. Stairway. Brilliant. Yeah. Those are very, very quite typical of Bordeaux and they're very pretty. Really? Um, 
funny enough, I've never, never seen the apartment before we showed up on the day to the film. So we were maybe a bit nervous about when the film fit the, the scenery. And I had seen pictures mm -hmm. and I had actually designed uh, the mise-en-scene. So the way in which you uh, orchestrate the movements of the characters in the, in the scene, mm -hmm. I had organized it off pictures mm -hmm. and I had drawn out the plan okay. from like, like an architect mm. of the imagining how the, the, the apartment would look mm. like. And I was struck by one thing is how small it was mm. compared to what I had imagined. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you have one character, let alone then me walking into the apartment and then four other people helping out and you end up being very like, cramped, very cramped. Mm. <clears throat> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess, does that not maybe add to the whole experience of it all and that is more intimate, it's, I don't know, small, yeah. tight. No, 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 definitely. Definitely, and, and these people I was working with, uh, none of us are professionals. None of us want to think we're professionals. Mm. Um, we're, we're, they're, they're some of my best friends. The main actor is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy who was, uh, the cameraman, because I, I wasn't uh, filming actually with the camera. Mm -hmm. I was just directing by his side, but this, this guy was also a great friend. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was a bundle of great friends and in a small space. I mean, we had time to, to map and, mm -hmm. and have a good time. Uh, even though you might not believe it, it was so. Solar, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite melancholic. Yeah, and but I think that spirit was able to be reached because you know within takes mm -hmm. after I called cut, mm -hmm. which just before we called action, you could hear us laugh. I had my I yeah. have clips that are still today. I've seen like the expensive cut. Yeah, director's cut. It's like you add five seconds to one of, of the shot that I actually made the yeah. film, and and you add at the beginning and at the end. And someone's laughing and <laughs> someone is laughing at the end too. So that no, was a great time. It must have been real quite a yeah. a rewarding experience doing that with like with your mates especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're older, from look back on that and go, Do you remember do you remember this? I mean I can't wait. Yeah. I a part of me does this for for me later. Mm. Even talking to you like this. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I remember we'd spoken one time uh, about how you're also doing these conversations because it makes you makes you feel like later there is some type of uh, reward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even more than the reward, there's like, you find purpose in that. Cause you're really, you can learn stuff from it as well. Like you look yeah. after that film and think, hmm, right, be it. In, in a cinematography, why is you might think, right, how does this compare to films that are coming out now? I don't even, I can't even yeah. begin to comprehend what films are going to look like in the future. Right. Yeah. And also maybe like the ideas and the messages, but also yourselves, you'll see your friends on screen and go, man, it doesn't feel that long ago that we were making this, but there you are at, I don't know, 60, 70, yeah. however old, and then withering away and seeing you and your youthful self yeah. and just living life. Right. That's scary a little bit. Certainly. Scary, but I don't know, I think as we've seen about making this for our future selves, um, yeah, I think it's good to help us maybe think about things a bit better because like when you try and think about memories from the past, it's, it's hard because yes. what, they're maybe a bit muddled, a bit jumbled and a bit, you know, a bit, bit foggy. Scattered or they're fragmented. I mean, they're not, but I mean, this is the, this is the absolute 
uh, line that I try and walk with cinema because there's not, I don't think anything's <clears throat> been able to create memories like cinema does. Mm. So when I make films, I consciously try and make memories. And this is why the film is not exactly linear. That's why there's, there's fragmentation in it and the structure of it and structure of films in general and structure of cinema mm. as, as a historical kind of medium has allowed that to, to be uh, shined through because like you said perfectly, all these memories, uh, they have value because they are memories, but can you really recall them? Can you really remember that in that way? Um, and it's also my, I would say I have, I'm, there's a, I think there's a responsibility then <laughs> to if you create um, anything mm. to, to be conscious of the impact or the consequences that they might have, regardless of whether or not they're being heard, but just because they've been created by you and they've been put in to the world, even if it never leaves a black room, mm. there's no one that ever hears it. Okay. But that's like a symptom of the art. Mm. I think you're not creating for anyone. Mm. Uh, a writer doesn't write because he can't wait to hear that other people were changed by what he's writing. Yeah. There's something in between that might be trying to find the past or trying to give yourself the tools for the future. So there is, the, I think there's a responsibility right there for you. And it goes back to the morals that I was thinking about that I think cinema has so deeply ingrained mm -hmm. that by making a choice, uh, you got to keep remembering that you're making a choice. That's pretty fucking huge. Mm -hmm. And and that should never leave your mind because that power, I don't think is, is equal to yeah. the fact that you have that creative act power. And at the same time, you're making a conscious choice mm -hmm. that reflects uh, either your ideas or the world around you or both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Losing track of that is then very scary. Yeah. Because uh, you don't, you don't want to. No, you don't want anyone to, to be lost uh, with what you're doing. I don't think that's the point because mm. even these films that, that are thought provoking or these art pieces that you can't get to the bottom of, yeah. they don't, they don't lose, they don't make you lost in them. Or when you say I get lost in them, it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like escapism. So just you're lost in it. <clears throat> that all you're thinking about is that you're not thinking about the world or its troubles. You're just thinking about this film, this book, this. TV show or whatever. But, but escapism, I hope you mean in the sense that you can then come back to the oh, world. Of course. Because escapism as we know it today is, is Instagram. Mm, yeah. And it's, I, there's no, there's no link. I think between, uh, no, there is no link between what we're, the, the idea of attention, um, mm. and, and cinema or art mm -hmm. and deeply i think there's is the there's no link between communicating and art mm. or art owes you nothing okay it always means nothing it's just what it is it's like what you're saying um writers not writing to try and change people but just doing it for the sake of doing it right making a film for the sake of making it all not yeah. thinking too much about oh how will this person think about this and how will it change the world in any way yeah. i think it's just being able to express, be it a thought of yours or a feeling of yours into an artistic medium, like 
of I think it is very cool. No, it's very making a film. Gee, I think. Hmm. No, what, what do you think? This you touch on um, yeah. like social media and like attention spans. Yeah. Do you think this will have an effect on the film industry? In it has. That? It's had. It has already. Okay. Yeah, it has mm. uh, deeply, and it's changed it. Mm. I think cinemas has muta- uh, mutated okay. a lot. It's. Um, I'm not a I'm not a pessimist in life, but I mm. think when I look at cinema, and and when I talk with friends, uh, I'm always uh, on the margin, and I'm always extreme mm. in saying that I think cinema is uh, dead. Okay. Uh, in the sense, maybe that. It is dead and waiting to be brought back to life, mm-hmm. but it is at the moment not what it was supposed to be doing. Okay. People don't show anymore. Mm-hmm. People tell. People refuse to show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and all of the focus is on who's watching and how long and why, and not much on how. So we don't, we always look at the what and the why, and we get lost in all these, these questions that get us, um, in trouble mm-hmm. and uh, not enough people are producing, um, you, you know, work that is not, that is in itself meant to be <clears throat> projecting the, the process of actually creating and, mm-hmm. and, and keeping the, 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 again, it's a responsibility of thinking that if you're you're able to create and capable of creating that this in itself should be your focus. Mm. There, there's nothing else. Uh, there's, there's no room for, for a power, a power, uh, message. There's no room for message. There's no room here. Uh, and, and this is why I'm, I'm excited to know what you're going to ask me about politics, but there's something in cinema that is already at the soul political mm-hmm. and that we don't need more messages. We don't need, uh, tells of, of giving a morale, mm-hmm. morality, not morale. We don't need for people to tell us yeah. what's going on. And, and I think that's something that's been lost mm-hmm. because when you tell someone implicitly, because that's where it becomes very vicious, mm-hmm. it's the escapism. People don't realize anymore that they're being told mm-hmm. to watch things in the way um, that they, they, they are firstly shown and then experienced by the viewer. So they just watched, they just watch, um, seem seamlessly yeah. and get lost yeah. in these works. Yeah. So I mean, they, like they consume them in, as opposed to like thinking about them a bit more, um, like <clears throat> maybe coming away from a film, thinking about mm, what were the messages behind some of these things? They just go, right. Oh, that was a good film. When's the next one coming out? Right. Like, right. so what would you say? has you say that cinema is dead or is dying or is weird to be revived yeah, yeah. what would you say is yeah has, has killed cinema or I don't know. in what ways has it yeah what has brought about its death that's a great question um i am uh, convinced mm-hmm. i've also read and listened to um the the words of critics and film directors that have come out of the french new waves era which, uh, for your listeners, I'm sure if you know, uh, it's brilliant, but, um, these were French, uh, critics in the fifties and sixties who, um, 
kind of subverted the idea of, of production for film and so just took their cameras and shot in the streets. Okay. And, and this kind of followed uh, the Second World War. The Italians started that. Mm. There's a movement called the Italian Neorealism and they kind of, their life was so messed up. They had no money. Productions, companies were just dying. Mm. They said, let's just make films. Mm-hmm. And these guys, so coming to France 10, 15 years later, we were inspired by these guys. Um, <clears throat> they, they did the same thing, but at first they were critics. So they started writing about films. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that picked up Hitchcock in the U.S. saying, this guy is a master. Okay. Or they went to Howard Hawks and said, this guy is a fucking master. Going to mm-hmm. Japan and talking about, uh, these, you know, these, uh, ninja directors, but that weren't just doing ninja stuff. They were artful directors mm-hmm. who, who should see their films connected closer to poetry than to the circus mm-hmm. stuff like that. So all that to say that I've, I've, there's a, this critic called Serge Dallet, okay. who is a brilliant, brilliant critic, French, French man, very brilliant. And who was very close to Jean-Luc Godard, who's, uh, made again, brilliant films. I wish I could write you a list for all these, mm-hmm. these guys who've inspired me. Mm-hmm. They think television is killed cinema. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, out of, I also think it has because <clears throat> for, for many reasons, but in my idea is that listening to them who think that after the second world war, there was very little, um, effort made to show stuff anymore because we had gone at such a low level of shilarity that it was too hard for people to show. Mm. So the only thing we could do is tell. Okay. Telling not in the sense of, of literature, because telling in, in the, as a story, you tell a story, it's a, it's a beautiful, you can write it and, and, and it shapes something that's deeper in, in the author and, and mm. doesn't, but the act of telling whether, uh, versus the act of showing is, is one that that allows you to kind of hide behind some realities. Mm-hmm. And television as an actual medium came out and was in people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, people weren't entering dark rooms where they walked in and Godard said, you walk in a cinema and you mm-hmm. lift your head up. Now you go inside your living room mm-hmm. and you just get me up and you put your head down to look at the TV. Mm-hmm. So small screen, big screen. Mm-hmm. You are consumed by the big screen. Yeah. Um, this whole experience. Cons- completely. You're absolutely consumed by the, the big screen. You watch the big screen and the TV watches you. Mm-hmm. And it, at, from that moment, they, they, they've thought, and I'm completely in alignment with that from that moment up to right now with social media and our phones and everything that follows us, mm-hmm. the world shifted or the world of, of images completely shifted mm-hmm. and became absolutely uh, uh, closed in and, and, and created this, uh, they made the viewer, the person who's, who's the spectator, mm-hmm. the God near, um, so it, it, from there on, there was no real, uh, uh, art. Mm-hmm. It was just communication. Yeah. Well, is it the, with, within this. Uh, capitalist consumer system in that yeah. the films are having to appease the 
person consuming it more to try and make money from it. So an example that I can think of is the amount of films that have been released by uh, American film studios and then be certainly, maybe only a little amount of it, but certain elements within these films have had to be changed to suit other markets. So um, I remember seeing a video of John Cena having to apologise in Mandarin for recognizing yeah. Taiwan as being a state. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what other, I think uh, the Doctor Strange film, the, um, what the monk that was within that, they had to change it because they didn't want to offend China and Roya. And then China, didn't China like request in some of these movies oh, to actually have this either change or they couldn't show it in China? No, no, it's China's the biggest film market now. They're mid, yeah, they're completely straight for, for that. They're completely on another. It's, uh, it's very sad to see. Yeah, I think you're, no, it's totally right. There's a, there's a channel now. It's funny the word is called channel. It's also channels on television, but there's a real channel through which things must pass, um, must be uh, produced. And this is from like the origin of the, of the idea. Yeah. Uh, because people now think backwards. Back in the day, you used to think about making a film based on what the camera would allow you to do. Mm -hmm. But now we're not talking about the apparatus that makes you produce something. We think about how, how you're going to distribute it. Yeah. It's no more about production. It's more about how we're going to share it. Yeah. You know, you shoot a video to share it. You don't shoot a video to make a video. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Because if you don't get views, you don't get likes, you don't get, you don't get money, you don't get, you can't keep it going. And, and by the way, wants to fucking make anything if it doesn't have that distributing factor to it. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think I want to. You want to. That's good. Because I think there's something that is uh, fundamentally, uh, is, is not, is not of that family. Yeah. I don't think cinema has anything to do with, um, yeah, this, this system that has been brought up. Obviously films need to be shown and sold and, and producers need to work and, mm. and production companies uh, need to have their employees eat and have families. Of course. But the, the costs that they must be, they must be rethought at sacrifices. The sacrifices and the compromises need to be very carefully chosen. Mm. Uh, and, and this is why I'd rather make a little mistake in the film for everyone to pick up than to make uh, a mistake or not in like how I distribute it and, and, and the film should be wounded stormy because the sacrifices need to be making, be made in the making, not, not anywhere else. I can't, I cannot, I, I don't want anything else, but the film to have these wounds or to have these cracks or to be, no, it feels authenticity. It shows that maybe the realness in it. Um, and but people can't watch that anymore. No, yeah, it's so hard for people to watch stuff like that. I, I'll be thinking about when you're talking about, um, well, be it the current state of films and the future films, right? How, I don't know, how do you feel about the use of CGI and what computer generated imaging? Um, <clears throat> would you yeah. rather a film? I mean, watching yours, it was all in person. There was no, I mean, glaring or obvious <clears throat> special effects that I could see, but right. I don't know. How do you feel about more and more films nowadays just relying so heavily on special effects? Um, I know I would, uh, I would never do it. I, or at least I don't know how to do it yet. Okay. I, I am not closing in at all on technology because 
I realized that um, cinema is also born out of technology improvement. Um, so I think it's fascinating to see how good people have gone mm -hmm. at doing them. Um, but there is, again, there's a, it's a, it's why, or, or if, if, if why is not as important, then, then how are you getting there? Mm -hmm. Do you need a hundred million pounds, hundred fifty million make euros to make a film? Sure. That's the real question. It's like, yeah. how are you making CGI images? We, uh, they're beautiful if they are, yeah. but what do they serve? Because if not, then I think we get sidetracked. Mm. So of course, um, it's a it, you need. I think cinema is always going to keep if it does. If if we deem it not completely dead and and kind of still around, it it is of the nature of the spectacle and, and it is there to to impress and, and the sound needs to be something that really transports people. And it's a real medium that it stunned. It still stuns people. People mm -hmm. love to go to the cinema if they have a huge blockbuster movie that makes them absolutely escape for three hours. Um, so a CGI is, is, is brilliant on paper, yeah. but, um, again, the the morality behind it or the, uh, so I'm not talking about the art of it because I don't even know it, you even know how to do it. So I can't judge it, but, but if it can tell the story and if it can show stuff that's, that's real, that's, uh, not real, but that's, um, that are important mm -hmm. and that are crucially needed to be shown mm -hmm. that way, yeah. then so be it, but you better be having uh, convincing arguments behind it. It's not, it's, personally, I, I could really drop off and not, not watch it. I don't need it. That's what I mean. I don't need it. I need, I need many films. Yeah. I have films that I've watched that I need. Yeah. Oh, speaking of images that I need. Well, speaking of films that you've watched and that you need, I have a to you. What is the greatest movie of all time? Um, right now. Um, Le Mépris de Jean-Luc Godard. It's some contempt. Okay. After the feeling. Um, contempt. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's all, it's also good that I say this film because it's, um, one that inspired uh, Les Paroles du Soir. Okay. In its uh, shape, its form. Yeah. Um, and that completely opened up my eyes also to this, this era. Yeah cinema that was the 60s it was a film that was made in 1963 it's it launched uh the french actress called brigitte bardot was the first one who who um was mise en scène uh, kind of half naked and had this whole um there was this uh this freeing of the body on screen and, and the the yeah, a first kind of real look at how you could, in cinema, mm. artfully represent uh, the the na nakedness or 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 the the body. It's also a film about cinema. Yeah. So I feel like it's an, it's a loop mm. where I it's it's one of my it's like a reception. Exactly. Mm. It's it's like a, I mean today it's a teddy bear movie like mm. all these these movies like uh, the the ones you sleep with and that you want to. Mm you want to hold close to you, they never forget that you're kind of sad when you're not able to watch them. So it's like, whenever I had the opportunity to see it, you will see it. I've watched it. 
Um, so the, you know, the greatest film of all time, I would, um, I, that is, is definitely one that I would put at the, at the top for me. Um, but obviously I, I cross, cross reference these, uh, these artists and, and they don't, first of all, they don't hold on their own because they're always referencing the ones before that it's yours. So. When I say that, I think it's it's a pretty good response. It's really yeah. interesting. So, I mean, what tips and tricks are you told when it comes to making a film? So, which which ones have been told to me? Or? So, someone's come to you. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a film. Yeah, I know. I've got any tips, any tricks? What should I do to make it be it flow smoothly or to make it look as good as possible? Um. Uh. Make uh, I'd say so. Let's do this. Maybe on a f I'd have a, a more conceptual response, and then one that's maybe more technical. Okay. The I'll do the technical one before, just so that's out of the way. Do it as simply as you can, and as carefully as you can, and um, look at count the 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 seconds and how much. The amount basically of, of thought, uh, that is given to your film, it needs to be seen in every second of the film. Okay. So make it simple, um, make it simple. At the same time, I was talking with friends yesterday. I said, people shouldn't make short films. Okay. They should make feature films because it is, well, okay. It's easier. No, it's, it's a bit harder. Yes, but it, at least you're doing, you're doing the work of writing a book, mm. not a novella. And that if anything, you'll, you'll fail quicker, meaning you'll get back on your feet, um, quicker as well, I think. And the, the act of making a long, long film really pushes you to think about a story. So I'd say one camera. Yeah. You just need one camera. I don't think anyone needs more than one camera. That's the case. That's, that's really weird. I don't, I don't know why. Because I don't have time to look at different. Yeah. I, I only have two eyes who look at who have the same image. So go through every shot with one camera. Have as little people as you can. Mm -hmm. You can shoot it on your own device. Yeah, There's no it. need. And money is also a, a pretext. I think I spent for... Uh, no, I think I spent two thousand seven hundred pounds, okay, euros. Sorry, on on the film, and it went into the Airbnb rental. Mm. So this could be you going on vacation. Don't go on vacation, but mm. spend it on a rental that you're gonna film in. Mm -hmm. The camera that I rented, because mm. I don't I don't have a camera. I don't own one at all. Um, the sound, all the equipment. I think mm. it was like a grand. But you put that grand in it. You know you're gonna spend it. So it's a grand that goes to the equipment. Yeah. I spent 600 pounds on the, um, on whatever that is, the, the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And then I paid for food for my friends. I paid their lunch. It's fair. And then give yourself not six weeks. Maybe. Do it in three, two days. Set a time limit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're done. At the end of the day, you're done. And then you make something out of it. Mm -hmm. So those would be my points. Okay. Make it simple also for yourself. You know, you don't want to be running through thousands of hours of film that 
that might not be a great film. I'd rather, I'd rather have one or two takes mm-hmm. of something and, and say, you know what, I can't take another take because I don't have time. Yeah. But that has value. Because mm. the next one, you, the next time you do it and the next scene actually you do, mm-hmm. you'll be thinking of that. Yeah. That you, what, you've only got a certain amount of takes to do it. And, yeah. And maybe <clears throat> keep it simple. Um, does that mean you have to do less uh, post? production work so you don't have to do as much editing as much you know, cutting and stuff that's like that. No, no, yeah, that's completely, that's uh, true. Yeah, 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 you want to nail it. You know, if you were to shoot something and then at the end of the day, someone would show up and ask you to show the images, you want to be proud of them. There's, there's no, there's no need uh, to, to, you can't save yeah. stuff that is not uh, worth saving or unsavable. There's nothing to save in cinema because everything's lost already. Mm. Okay. What do you mean, man? No, okay. Everything is, time is lost already. Mm. Time is gone. Time is lost. And, you know, I I think it's sad, especially because I think that when you make a film, it's like if you, you, I would imagine how you raise a child or how you make a a baby, you have a baby because you want to take care of it and and grow it to what it is. But... You know, if it's already, um, you can't, you can't hurt it so much by not caring about it in the actual moment and then, you know, regret and therefore try and save it another way. Yeah. Um, and I'm really thinking about the film here, not the baby, <laughs> that'd be something messed up, but I mean, in, in the film, you cannot try eat and, and, and bandaid up real deep wounds, which are structural choices and decisions you make in, in the actual making of the each image, each second. Interesting. Yeah. So in your film, you likened life to rain. Yeah. Uh, could you expand on this? Well, I, I actually connected. Yeah, that is true. No, no, no. It, well, it was rain and then to, and was it to earth or to? Yeah, it was, um, so that life actually can't, can't represent rain or maybe rain is good weather maybe rain is good weather so it does and then you went no it doesn't is that a yeah discussion with it mm. what pierre's own head yeah yeah, yeah. life is rain mm. yeah i think yeah i think it is it's um it's comforting to think that yeah it's great but refreshing yeah. cold but rejuvenating yeah sometimes long sometimes short um well, you know well, I learned, I thought it was a very good um, yeah, analogy or description because yeah, all of those things that I've just said, I, I can recognize, I can see yeah. that life can be cold. Um, I've also maybe viewed it in a similar way in that, I know, uh, this, was, this was quite literally a shower thaw. So I was in a shower, <laughs> the, the water going down, yeah. most of it, well, lands within a particular space. But there's also a lot of it, a lot of the water that just gets dispersed elsewhere throughout the shower. Right. And that are we, each of us, our own little drop coming from the shower head. Most of us going on the same or particular journey, going from right from the top, straight from the shower head, straight to the drain. Whereas there are other people, there are some people who maybe they get lost on this journey, they scatter about, they end up all over the shower, but eventually they will reach the drain. Yeah. Through you know the gravity or the the slope in the in the shallow floor, I don't know. So who are those people on the margins? Who are the people? Are they the ones we look up to? 
Potentially. Yeah, they, they take more time to get to the drain. Is that a good thing? We're not. Yeah. Well, they're making most, or they're making more of their life spanned by doing things outside of the norm as opposed to, well, going to school from you know, zero to 18 and then 18 to 20 odd and then working for 50 odd years. Yeah. With just five days a week, 330 days a year. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe the, uh, the drops that do scatter elsewhere within the shower. Yeah. Are the yeah. ones that we do, maybe. Looked. No, yeah. Well, I think, uh, I love that you picked up on that sentence because it's true. It's one that I really hold dear because I think it is quite comforting to think about it this way. I think there's, um, life is about many things, but we, we all suffer. Um, I know that, um, Bergman was a film director, Swedish film director, a brilliant guy. He said that, um, his characters come back to life to, to realize the shame. Mm. So there's a lot of shame in the world. Also, I'm in that, um, beating ourselves, learning about, you know, how, how, how our life is, is not like we want it or how other people's lives is the way I, I, no, 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 you're, you know, we are all, if anything, we're all looking at our life, uh, from the inside mm-hmm. and it's raining outside, you're looking through the window mm-hmm. and, uh, life is maybe just like rain. And, and sometimes you're, yeah. you know, you're running from the bus to your house and you're under that rain, mm-hmm. but once you get inside the house and you have a bit of time to put your coat back on the coat rack mm-hmm. and warm up and look back outside, it's the best feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What you, you maybe appreciate the rain more when you're not being drenched by it. That's for sure. But you have to be drenched by it. Mm-hmm. Cause if not, if you're inside the house and you never experienced rain, yeah. what do kids do when they see snow? What do kids do when they see rain? They run outside, you know, they jump in puddles. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause that's how you, that's life. Um, but that's why I feel for them people who, who are homeless, who can't get inside mm-hmm. to get a break. Mm-hmm. Therefore they break. Yeah. They they never stop. They they're always under the brain and under. Um, I, that's why the UK is a fucking tough country. Mm. It's always raining. It's, it's a tough country. It's a really really tough country. And and when I was right, when I actually when I hear this line read back out, especially by you, even with your brilliant accent, <laughs> I love your accent. And it being actually the sun just come out. This one that was weird. It's quite nice. I was about to say the gray skies are also. Uh, an, an image that I had in mind. Yeah. Rain always has uh, clouds and, and what do clouds mean? And what, what do they, what do they do when they're, they're just there? I find them very comforting sometimes. Yeah. Like you can find pictures and clouds and visualize and see things. Oh yeah. 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 And then eventually rain and the clouds disappear. That's true. Yeah. Totally. It's funny that you, um, you mentioned living in the UK and how Reagan maybe what it is. So how have you found your time in the UK and how does it differ to time spent in France? How found my time in the UK? I've had a great time in the UK. Um, but I, it's been a while now. It's been maybe a few months mm-hmm. that I'm kind of done. You don't, I'm a little bit done. It's, uh, I don't know what it does. Um, I don't know if it's the, the 
the, the, the way the country is, if there's something in the air or not, mm. but just a general vibe is just, I don't know. Yeah. Dude, my skin gets messed up when I come up here. Um, sometimes I feel, uh, it's not a homesick at all. So if this was also in terms of the question of me being away and mm -hmm. me having done my high school year and university, I'm totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. Um, the culture I've, I've really been able to embrace and the people I've met and just really great. Um, and, and super warm hearted. I think many people here are very warm hearted, but I think it's time. I think it's time that I, uh, that I go someplace else mm -hmm. and it has to do with people also around me, how much uh, people do mm -hmm. and want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe something about my, my, my environment, but I think, uh, I don't fit directly right in. Okay. So are you, are you surrounded by it? Well, would you like to surround yourself with people who want to do more that maybe have more energy and more <clears throat> dreams, more passions, they actually want to achieve things opposed to, oh, I want to graduate and get a graduate job and then mm. I, well, actually, um, not always, I think a part of it might, might be that, but not always because I, I sometimes find much more respect and people want to graduate and have a job and know exactly what they want to do. Yeah. I'm just sick and tired of people complaining yeah. and I don't think it's a UK thing. Um, I just think it's a, it's also a generation thing. Yeah. But since I'm living my twenties right here, yeah. fortunately UK is a bit of my scapegoat. I don't want it to be. Yeah. Um, and I'll blame it on time. That's yeah. why more yeah. than the UK. I'll, I want to come back. Time is opposed to place. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I don't think no, no. there's, there's no need also to try and bash a place or to feel like you're at the place and yeah. you're here. So yeah. here is wherever, I don't know. I can close my eyes. I'm somewhere else. I can, I can think about something. I'm somewhere else, but yeah. no, I, 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 deep down, I love the UK. I think I've been too harsh with it. I've told my mom that I just want to get out. <laughs> I think she even says, I don't understand why the UK she's right. Mm. She's very right. And I realized now that I'm talking with you. It's not about the UK. It's just about, it's about my, my time. Hey, my time, James. What do you feel? Not that you wasted away or that you wasted any time. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, I don't know. Hey, could time be better spent elsewhere? I think there's a big world out there that yeah, it's like, to be explored. And it's like, if I was to ask you the question, like, would you want to go, uh, somewhere? Yeah. So, you know, some, not somewhere else. You yeah. just, do you want to go yeah. somewhere? Maybe. And then why not explore that? Yeah. Um, and I like to think that I would leave the UK, not because I'm leaving the UK, but because I'm going, yeah. uh, somewhere, yeah. not someplace else to, to get away from. I just, I've had my time yeah. and I'm excited to think it could be somewhere else. Interesting. Somewhere. So speaking of somewhere else, yeah, um, so in particular France. Yeah, yeah, I didn't answer that question about you because you were about to say, oh, well, how it differs. It, how it differs with yeah. France. Does it differ? It does. Okay. Yeah, it does. I'm, I miss home a little bit though. Right. Have you been to France? Well, um, I think a few times. I've been to, I've been to Nice. It was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Maybe Bordeaux on one occasion, but I can't mm. remember. Yeah. Missed. No, yeah, yeah, no, I miss, I miss French. France is, is really great. Mm. Uh, um, hearing the language mm -hmm. makes me very happy these days. Yeah. And, uh, and also just found the French. Mm. It reminds me also of when I had no clue what I wanted to do later. Yes. When I didn't know that I wanted to make films or that I wanted to think about it more than, than just in the evening with pizza. I guess 
France has also given me a lot on the on on how I I think about my life because a lot of the people I read or or the film directors I, I follow are French thinkers. Okay. It's dear to me. But that's why also it differs with the UK a little bit. I don't have that anchor. Hey, well, these things still look come and go. This is one of This is me. Like, mm. this is, these people are part of me. Mm. Or, or these cultural phenomenons yeah. I've lived. Yeah. I, I don't think I have that grip on it. That's why I don't even want to try and, and lie to say that I'm, I'm perfectly fine here. Yeah. I'm a stranger. Yeah. And, and, of course, thankfully, I have the English completely to my family because because my my mother is American and I was born there, and so I have this whole upbringing, which is Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, and and so the entering into the UK was was smoother than you can expect. It's just perfect, and but but I'm I'm still I'm strange. Yeah. So that's fair. So speaking more of France, yeah. Uh, we, the French presidential election is coming up in May. Oh, not May, in April even. Yeah. So who do you think will win? Will it be Macron again? Or do you see it someone else? Sneak to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little preempt little thing before I say anything. Okay. That I don't know um that my opinions need to have uh, any independent value apart from if they're linked with me thinking about a show politically. So I, I think it's the thing with like, whenever you're in a crisis, uh, you want to go back with whoever is there because it's safety. So if I was to follow that trend line, I think Macron would be, um, asked to stay. It wouldn't really be an election in that way. It would be more of a. Um, confirmation of yep. you trying okay, Joe. trying well that or trying to make the least amount of new changes possible because there's been so much already. Yeah. So uh yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know. Um it's uh it's very complicated to judge, I think, from the outside especially and the fact that I haven't been in France, but uh yeah. when I do get back home some people have a very stark opinions about what's What's gonna happen? Mm. Should happen. So I, I want to think that I, that that I have some real opinions about it, but at the same time I don't. I think I'm also just very. Nothing wrong with that in their day. Uh, but you can say, do you feel how scared I am to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's politics. It's, I'm it's, very it's a scary thing to talk about. Yeah. Like there's a lot of contentious issues and a lot of things that you can say about yeah. politics that someone will listen to it and go, oh, I don't disagree. I, I, well, I do disagree with you there. Really. Well, maybe attach your ideas with who you are too much. Exactly. That is wrong. Yeah. And you're so categorized. Yeah. 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 And this one, you're that. And if you're not this, then you are that. And, and that yeah, like this. All right. You said exactly what I should have said, which is I'm not my ideas. I don't even think it's very healthy also to think, um, for myself, it's very healthy to think that I'm not my ideas because I've changed. And they change. These ideas don't belong to to anyone. Um, no, it's, it's a temporal thing. The yeah, it's time. Exactly. How do you think or feel at this current time? Exactly. And as you grow older, these things will, will change. You'll think differently. You feel differently. I think with this idea of this cancel culture, 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I recognize it as being a, a thing. Some people dismiss it, saying, oh, it's just people getting, um, what? Getting called out for their actions, which obviously I recognize and I think it is right to call out some people for their actions at times. But I think it neglects and it completely gets rid of this, this truth within us that we are perfect. We yeah. change, right? Our opinions and how we think and how we feel will change with time. And if you, you know, lambast someone or cast them aside as being this or that because of how they think at this moment, I think that's wrong because yeah. I don't know, no one's perfect. And the truths that we hold right now might not be the truths in the future. We may look back on be it the ideas and opinions that we as individuals have or society has in general today. In the future, we'll look back and go, why did we think that? Why did we feel that? Like, it wasn't right. These things are wrong or, like, I don't know. Things are constantly changing. And I think for an individual or a group of people to adamantly um, think or to claim to know what is and what isn't or what should be, I think that's wrong because... But see, that's again, that's the power that's being given to the people. Yeah. And that sounds like a good sentence, mm -hmm. but it's very, very complicated then to deal with however millions and billions people who are on the internet, who have an opinion and who are told to have an opinion and who should share it. Mm -hmm. That is very, very hard to manage. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know that there's been a, a greater problem in also how I think people tackle politics today mm -hmm. in, in the seeing how much people can influence and say <laughs> online <laughs> it's pretty wild i think it's it's very wild and then to see that some people get cancelled <laughs> um because they just do not follow that line <laughs> um is is very sad it's very sad and i think it has to do with what we're speaking before about how much how much the world is looking at every one of us and that all our our phones is made to, um, to capture exactly what our, dis what our needs are, our desires, mm -hmm. our attention time, everything is catered to us. Mm -hmm. So we're not listening to anyone who has any real thought reflection mm -hmm. about anything, Yeah, but we're all, we're just listening to reactions. No one's talking, everyone's just screaming. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's just screaming into this void. It's just screaming. So it's just, it's a. Uh, it's, it's very hard to then have an opinion because I then hear about different, especially for this election, the French election, yeah. there's some interesting things on, on all sides. Um, at the same time, I don't want to be this guy who thinks that I did this and that. Sometimes you got to make a decision and I like this. Yeah. You don't want to just <laughs> No, 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 no. I think people who are on the fence are also just as problematic because they don't help to advance anything yeah. and at some point you got to take a risk and say you know what even though my ideas aren't me yeah i'm me if it, these are my ideas we yeah. should we but is that what okay so at that point you have to know what they these are yeah. and then this is why i think of in my films i have a huge responsibility then to say what i i i think is what i'm going to say yeah. my ideas and also to have them quote unquote be, represent me yeah they're not representing me. They're images, you know, they're in the, they're doing their thing. But I don't blame people for saying this person made this. Nobody make a decision. This person made this decision in voting that or saying that he believes in that. Okay. 
you got to be held accountable, basically. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think maybe one of the problems that we found with like social media and politics, um, especially, is that more people have been given a platform in that. Even me today, I can go onto Twitter or go onto another social media um, platform and then say what I think about a particular thing. But me saying this won't actually change anything. It might, someone might view it and go, it might change someone else's perception in, in a small or in a big way. But yeah. fundamentally, when it comes to actually real change, it, it will have none. Like when it comes to political structures, be it in this country, in France or anywhere in the world, the things we say on social media don't really change much. I think, do you know what they Maybe, maybe to an extent, but like fundamental change, like, I don't know, when it comes to politics, we've seen over the past two years, so many people frustrated with, especially in this country, right. like frustrated with how, I know, politics is being done like on them, like towards them, as opposed to being done with them. I think mm-hmm. politics is a collaborative thing and we should all be involved in politics. It shouldn't just be a thing that is solely reserved for this what particular 650 MPs and then what a few hundred odd House of Lords representatives and then a few thousand civil servants. Like I think we should, we all have the, uh, the capacity, the capability to come up with, uh, the ideas or policies of things that we'd like to see. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, well then this is where I would hijack your, your, um, your knowledge of, of, of the fundamental political uh, sphere with, with thinking about how I would, um, contribute in that conversation, knowing none of all this stuff and, and being very unaware of that, that, that real ground of, of thought and, and cinema or my cinema would be political by nature of cinema being cinema. Um, think in the same way politics have, have these, uh, these real rules and these real things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you could go that so that you could see films, but you can never see cinema. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of rules that you can see, but you can never really see mm-hmm. politics. You can never see, understand mm-hmm. what that is because it's greater than we think. So this is why I'm, I'm saying, don't you think we can have an impact? Because I don't think that what we're looking at mm-hmm. is really politics. I think these are, this is closer to, to, to law in a way that it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say prison, but it's rules, it's ruling, it's power it has nothing to do with politics. I think the idea of, of control. Well, I think with, I, I I'd say politics is power in that, it's, it's a game of give and take of going, right. We give our consent to be governed by politicians yeah. and what do they take? They take taxes and then they probably take a bit more. They take the piss I find. Um, yeah. but I don't know. I think it doesn't mean like politics don't have to be solely just about politics. You can, I know at, like everyday things are political. Like when it comes to, I don't know, the particular, like what day the, the bins are collected, for example, that is the result of a political decision, be it the central government or the local authority has uh, given their bin cleaning or bin collecting contract to a particular company and then they've chosen these days. And again, have the average person been consented on when they want their bins collected or whether they want I don't know, a particular road resurfacing, just 
Like the, the small things in the band, the big things, I think more people should be consulted on and can be consulted on. Like mm. the technologies that we have today with social media, like what? Uh, an MP or Boris Johnson himself, he can tweet something and I can directly reply. He might, he might not even read it. Obviously, he probably doesn't. It's probably someone else who is doing that tweeting for him. But it's, it's the principle of the, the technology in that we could, we can have this direct link between us and them. It should be us and them. It should be just us collectively. Like, I don't know. I think more people should be empowered to take part in politics. Um, I think that change is maybe coming. I think I've seen more and more like organizations calling for this, calling for this, um, direct and deliberative democracy. Um, which, how did people get into that without resentment? What, in, in what sense? How did people get into politics without having to deal with the baggage of politics? Mm -hmm. That's right. There's such a baggage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it then becomes, uh, uh, you can be judged on your insertion into that. Mm -hmm. Like how is it that you're not justifying you can get into politics? Why do you know you have a voice politically? Mm. This is the scary thing, I think, for many. It's a scary thing for me if I'm not doing it, you know, over a period of time where I write, mm -hmm. I read, I shoot, mm -hmm. I think about, you take my time to do the deadlines and stuff. I mean, it's it's incredible to, to, I think it's the same for you if you were to develop a political thought. Mm. Uh, Improv does not exist in that sense. You would have, you know, you seem very well read on these things and you seem to have a particular interest. So the way, the integration into the political s scheme or the, the, the world that is out there thinking about politics, if you, how do you get into it without needing to, uh, to, to, yeah, have that either resentment because you've never been in it don't understand it's so like problematic or with all these barriers which are very complicated to to justify yeah why are you here now okay so how, how does one get into politics without this resentment i think it's by viewing politics separate from how we maybe conceive politics today so when we see politics we see it on tv and it looks quite distant to us i want politics to be brought as close to us as possible in that the more local it is the more like change could be brought about in that I think people care more about the things that are on their doorstep than they do things that are miles away. Um, it's like, well, if, if a tree falls and what falls onto your road, you, you ought to care more about it than if a tree falls, what, in the middle of nowhere. In the forest and no one sort of. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> well, if you're there to witness this tree falling and it has some impact and effect on your life, you're, you're going to care about it more. I think with social media, it's given people the, again, these platforms to voice their opinion, yeah. but these opinions are being acted upon and these are the opinions that they're sharing, they're being shared into these what, echo chambers and that you, you've only got people with similar ideas and you, 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 people are arguing with the other side as much as they think they are. They're, if anything, they're arguing with, with, with themselves, exactly. Either arguing with themselves or arguing with a perception of what the other side thinks in that they're not hearing it directly from the other side. They're hearing it from a, a middle person. Someone's going, oh, this is what this side thinks. And then you're, you're interacting with that. And no, that is the, like, politics to me, it's, it's about discussion. It's about maybe having, you can have two opposing views and eventually maybe come to a, uh, a, a middle ground. Even if I, 
I, I, don't get me wrong. I think there's certain things that you shouldn't budge on. And there's nothing wrong with right. not changing your opinion and being adamant in your ways because I think it, it's good to have something that we are uh, tied to, that we are grounded by. And I don't know, I think just more people need to be involved. More people need to discuss things. And there needs to be this maybe healthier environment and culture surrounding politics. It's quite toxic um, at the moment. And I think it has, has always been quite toxic. It's just been... I know a shouting match between our side and their side and I know one side will come in and introduce these things, the next side will come in and then just repeal them and just counteract what they've done. So maybe change does happen, but not as much as is needed to actually deal with the problems that we're facing. Um, which is why I think, yeah, mm. more people should be uh, empowered, which brings me to my... Uh, but uh, I have one last thing that what you say. So what is your definition of, of politics? Like, what is that? Because then if there is to be really a problem, mm -hmm. and I think you're, you're totally right with what you're saying. Um, I think it's funny. One of the first things that I thought about that inspired me into wanting to make films was La Politique des Auteurs, which was the author theory politics. These critics who were like, can we stop making this thing about the production and blah, blah, blah. It was like, I'm a, I'm an author, like a writer would write their book. Mm -hmm. I. My camera is my pen yeah. and I will write with my eye, oh. camera eye. And there's been tons of thought about it, but at first, and they lost kind of that side and I'm very curious to know why they, they, they kept the, the idea of auteur, but they lost the idea of politique, mm -hmm. but it started as the politique des auteurs, which I think is, was, a, um, you know, the, sh the, the idea of shifting, um, at once the thought of people, but also the structuring of how then those thoughts are being managed, which mm -hmm. is politics. But so my question is, how, how do you think, Paul, what is la politique? What is, what is politics? What is that? Um, well, where is it? Where, is it? where is it first? Where I think it? it, I think it's everywhere. I think it's within us and it's around us. Look at that. Every single interaction, like our conversation right now, yeah. it, it has been, it's political in the sense of well, as I said, politics is power, in my opinion, in that it's this negotiation of who has power, where it lies and how it is used. So as we've been speaking, there's been times when you've been more empowered in that you've been speaking and I've sat back and I've listened mm -hmm. and where I've asked a question and you've asked a question. This is the, the politics of our discussion. It's power shifting from you and then back to me and vice versa. I think that is, this could be something that can be applied to everything. Like, Everywhere you go and everything you do, there is some level of politics within that, in that every interaction you have with someone, there is a level of power, be it, you might be on an equal footing and even if that is the case, then that's fine. That, that's, that's still politics. Uh, we, well, I don't know, I think, but how about if you were to think, cause I'm very scared of the, or the word power is quite scary. Oh yeah. Um, how about, oh, I, I just thought of it maybe uh, on a on a more emotional way. Like if if I let you speak, um, if you let me speak, there's something more of of the order of the higher order of of you know love love towards the other mm -hmm. and and wanting to be compassionate yeah. and hear you out. Mm -hmm. When you're speaking, I want to hear you out. Mm -hmm. I listen. And when I'm speaking, I want you want to hear me out. 
you listen. Thank you. And and the trade-off is not in how much power is being mm. uh, kept and then released and then grabbed onto and then released again. Mm. There's something of a more transcendent order, which is we're right here in this moment and to talk is to have these shifts because if not, there's no conversation. And in that sense, what you're describing is exactly what's happening today because there is no conversation in those Yeah. Like even within ourselves, we, we are communicating more, but we're doing it more so virtually. We're doing it less so in person. And I think that's because of power. Yeah. I don't think there is much power. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want any power. You don't want any power. Over, I, over me? No, no, definitely not. But I don't want any power yeah. at all more than power over myself. Exactly. But do you, that's me looking like you have power over yourself within this society. I try. But I, like you said, I mean, like we're understanding, I'm, I'm feeling your understanding is that I have to uh, claim it. Yeah. I have to manifest it. I have no power in this society. Yeah. I have nothing. And, and by the way, it owes me nothing. This is why also I feel like I need to do something um, because I'm not strong enough to do nothing. I need to do something. If not, I would have, you know, if I could just stand around and sit around and feel like I'm satisfied. I feel like that's, you know, that I'd reach the level of power that I want, but I can't. So I have to do something. And in that way, I have to work with the world and, and, in that sense, I would, I would be, I'd grant myself a bit of acquired power, but it's definitely not something I look for. Feel definitely not. I always feel very uncomfortable actually having power. Yeah, that's I feel very uncomfortable. I think the, the concentration of power is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be distributed. And even today, we, we like to maybe convince ourselves, oh, we don't live in a dictatorship. Well, that country's a dictatorship. What Kim Jong Un is dictatorship. Or, yeah, no, no. Or Xi Jinping is a dictator. Or Putin's a dictator. But in this country, we've got Boris Johnson. He's one person. Right, right. Pretty much rules over us. He has his own party, and they what the Conservative Party been in power now for what twelve years. So we, I think, we convince ourselves, or maybe kid ourselves, into believing that we have maybe more power and more democracy than we actually do. Right, our democracy isn't as democratic as democracy means, or exactly. Yeah, right. It's what demo democracy being. I don't know from the word um, demos being the populace of the democracy. So the populace of the people are the common people in Greek, um, and then what kratos being power. So people power. Right. Um, when you think about it, do are, are people really empowered? I'd say no, because. We get to vote once every four or five years. I know we've had more votes in the past 10 years than we have had, I know, in the previous 10 years. But even still, like, there was a lot of contention around the EU referendum and Brexit because you had one side who were going, oh, you need to respect the will of the people who vote, who voted this particular way and want this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other side going, oh, it wasn't democratic. It wasn't, I, oh, people lied about it and how oh, you've got 52% overruling 48% and you're holding a um, hostage against their will essentially. But I, I see it was an exercise in democracy, but again, it wasn't as democratic as it could be because you weren't voting, or I say you, the theoretical you, the general you, weren't voting for necessarily what you actually want. You were voting for what 
they want you to vote for. That makes sense in that they're, they're set within certain bounds. The, the question on the ballot was something, I, was, I wasn't uh, old enough to vote, but um, it was, would you like to remain part of the EU or would you like to leave? And Brexit itself and the whole process and how it's actually turned out, that wasn't written down on the ballot paper. If you mean, like, same thing goes with anything. If you vote for a political party, I don't think you should necessarily be directly held accountable for what that political party does because they may do things that you don't eat support. You just, you just merely gave them a vote. You put a cross in a box on a particular day. And then three years later, they're doing something completely different that you wouldn't even be be aware of or know, known about or even consented to. It's just, they are, we're giving them our power and they are misusing it and mishandling it. Do you feel it's tied then? Do you feel like then you're tied to whatever they're doing? Unfortunately, also. Yeah. Uh, because you've voted for something and then it happens to be something else. Yeah. It's like, is this an investment or am I actually spending real money? I feel like politics needs cash in hand. You, like you cannot be. Politics is an industry. You, yeah, you can't be gambling on your votes. It's not about, it's not about gambling. But you need more, um, more evidence that you're actually going to get some return from it. Which brings me back to my idea of this localism in that, yeah, I mean, if it is a local as possible in that, if there's something I want to change within my community and I have the power to do that, I will feel a lot more rewarded from it because I can actually see the change happening as opposed to hearing the promises from politicians miles away and saying, oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to dedicate this amount of money for this. You don't actually see that change. And if you do, it takes so long for it to come about. And scale, I think scale is, is the problem really. Yeah. You know, we see way too wide. Yeah. The communication is way too wide. So when you were saying we need more people in politics, yeah. I understand more now what you mean, that we need more people doing the job that they need to be doing wherever they are yeah. for politics, for the good of themselves and their communities, within their communities. I don't need someone at the other cross, you know, across the world doing this for me and at the same time it's not a crit it's not a question of whether or not they should or not it's because uh in all truth there is like a certain benefit in, in working with the people around you and yeah, absolutely so our family is most important also and that's where your friends need to be taken care of and sometimes you feel most happy when you do those little things so but um yeah i understand that i'm very i'm, I'm I agree with you on that. Okay, brief. So, uh, which, yeah, this idea of empowering people is what yeah. inspired me to uh, introduce this question as one of the main questions, or not main, but one of the final questions I ask, which is, if you had absolute power, uh, what policies or initiatives would you introduce? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, firstly, I don't believe in, in absolute power and I'm very uh, then wary of power in general. Hey. I Would it be absolute power in, in this realistic world or could I? Yeah, it could be as realistic a policy or as unrealistic a policy as you want. So it could be it's somewhat as simple as, oh, I don't know, I want to I wanna paint all buildings white like we do in Livingston Spa or I want to, I don't know, repave a road. It could be as extreme or as maybe daft sounding as you want, or as serious or as simple as you want. Right. I'd, um, I'd, uh, 
get everyone uh, ophthalmologist appointment for them to to check on their eyes and get their eyes, give them their eyes back and and look at how they're doing in terms of cognition and perception. Well, so you'd have a, a mandated yearly list of monthly medical checkup. I don't know. I'm playing. I think I'd uh, I'd want people to to come back to terms with with what it is that they their not their role but their their, their virtue and and being who they are yeah. and um I you know I I think I, I almost said I, I would want people to. Hand deliver mirrors to everyone, but we have already too many mirrors. Everyone looks at themselves way too long. But I mean, in the sense that they need to look back at what's actually truly in front of them, um, and from then on, I'd let way smarter people in that field, like you, choose policies that would that would empower them on the the most on the human level, or. I wouldn't know, like, yeah, exactly. I would want people to truly see the value in time uh, in itself and have as many opportunities available for them as possible and and at the same time come back to some type of structure and rigor. You know, you got to make a decision. Yeah. That, is part of the, that is part of the plan. Yeah. There's no plan without without risks and there should be policies period yeah so you know like there just should be stuff um put in place for people to realize it's okay to make the wrong choice so make the choice i, I can see the general um idea of what you'd like to bring about i think what you're thinking about are you talking about reflection and having give people mirrors and i think people have been reflecting less and less because they've got less time to do so in that well, yeah, as I've described previously, you are, you're at school through your first 20 odd years and then for the next 50 odd years, 70 odd, you, you know, you're working. You don't have time to think about yourself as much and think about, I know, who am I? What am I here for? What do I actually want to do? And I think two policies that I can think of would be having a universal basic income in that people get a set amount of money every year which regardless of if you're working or if you're not working, you still get some amount. It'd be, hopefully, it'd be enough to live off so that, you know, people, if they can't work, be it they've got a disability or something else. Yeah. So a universal basic income. Yeah. Um, people receive a certain amount of money um, and with that money, they can pursue their hobbies or their interests or their passions. Mm. So you wanting to make a film, if you hadn't done film studies, you may not have ever had this opportunity to do so. There will be plenty of other, well, Yes. All the Theodore Jimenez out there, yeah, you do. who will have wanted to make a film, but haven't had... Where are they? I got to find them. You need to find them. At a convention <laughs> of yourself. I got to kill them. We got to kill them. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many people who will have wanted to opportunity and will have had that opportunity. And having, I think, money, as much as I don't... It is a very important thing. I don't, I think it's made up, personally. There's a social construct. We're attaching value to things that aren't real. Mm. It's just backed by confidence, not even backed by gold anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah. again, creating the opportunities for people to do what they actually want to do in life. And by doing the things you want to do, you will learn more about yourself because, I don't know, by creating, by expressing yourself in meaning in ways that are different from or 
a little tweeting or going on Facebook or just from, I don't know, working, right? You could. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. There is one thing, though, is that um, this is why I was trying to kind of show in how I was talking about the simple ways in which you should make a film mm-hmm. is the money side mm-hmm. is very important, but the money is like gas in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gets you to there and it gets you from A to B, but you gotta know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Gotta know. Because mm-hmm. the second you get gas in the tank, you're going. Good. You can't just have, it's a pretext. It's more, it's worse than a pretext. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's a social contract. We have to have that. So the money thing or the, is, is not a story. You should just have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a real means to an end, as an opportunity for you to then fight for what it is you're trying to do. So that's what the second I have money, I spend it wisely. The second I have money, I spend it wisely because there's no fuck. I don't. I don't understand why. Why you would uh, you would use it in any other way? I find that then it would be very. It's obscene. I don't, I don't want people just sitting on money and just not spending it. Well, that's saving them and be, being careful with this. Great. But I mean, it's obscene to then spend it, uh, without thinking about what it is you're spending it on and knowing what spending means. Yeah. The only real thing you're spending is your time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's even weird that we use the same word, but spending time, spending money. Mm-hmm. Be careful which one, which one, you know, you're putting worth in and how much how much you're spending your money because you can spend one without spending the other and and sometimes if you mix those uh you realize you wake up 10 10 years later maybe and i hope i'm never in that situation and you just say what am i doing what am i doing um so i'm completely and and i'm also i agree with i don't know much about this idea of universal income i've, I've heard about it and read about it a little bit but not not too much mm-hmm. but the, the real fundamental idea of, of giving opportunity mm-hmm. Given a basis yeah. to work. Exactly. Long to use to work. With, that people can, like, I don't know, make the most out of this life because it's a very, we have a short time on this planet. It's a sad life. Yeah. And it's hard. Again, do you really want to be, like, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be surrounded by the, you know, the things you bought or, I don't know, the, not you, probably the people, the people you worked with, they probably would be there. They, maybe a few, depending on your relationship with them, but they might be. My friends don't even watch my movies. So yeah. it's like, I'm 20, I don't need to be on my deathbed. I mean, if they're there at my, at my deathbed, I'll be like, what's going on, guys? You yeah. can't have better. <laughs> you got better, better stuff to do. Come on, you're wasting your time. Exactly, you're wasting your time. Please go yeah. better. But uh, another, another policy when it comes to what reflection and having time for this will be a four day working week. So, where as opposed to having to work five days a week, you only have to work four. And one of the main criticisms that I've heard from this is, oh, um, you're going to lose out on like, efficiency because, oh, if everyone just takes Friday off, then nothing's going to get done on a Friday. Well, this, uh, he's, I think he's a deluded way of thinking because not everyone has to take off the same day. Right? I mean, if you've got a workforce of 10 people, five people could take Friday off, five people could take Thursday off. The people who take Friday off for working Thursday, the people who take Thursday off for take working Friday. Right? Do you think people will move to then they wanted three days? Potentially. I mean, that might be the eventual transition. That might be the place we are heading to in that the more things that are becoming automated, the more robots are doing things, 
the less they'll be for us to actually do. Right? Unless you are now skilled in coding or some other te technical skill, um, there'll be less and less for us to actually do. Right? I can think of so many different industries and jobs now that eventually, or even today, they could be replaced outright by robots. I think they may be delaying this to make sure that society and culture is in the place for the increased integration of robots into our lives. But like, prime example, um, like supermarkets, you've got uh, Amazon having their own self-serving um, supermarket. They don't, even, they don't even have people stocking shelves. They've just got a smart system, which what, like drops off food stuffs and puts it in the shelves. And they don't even have people on the tills. Um, another example, fast food restaurants. They were complaining about, I say they, the people who work at them were complaining about um, the wages. What did these companies go and do? They went and introduced these self-serving checkouts where you can go, just click your order, right, and pick up your food. I mean, I've, I've seen robots that are able to flip burgers. I've seen robots that are able to make pizza, make drinks. Um, you've got self-driving cars, self-driving, um, what we shall eventually do, what self-driving buses, self-driving taxis, but it's see so many things people are currently doing now won't be done by humans. And I think the sooner we prepare for this world, the better in that the more time people are given to think about what they can actually create outside of what has already been created for them in that as opposed to going into opportunities to being created by someone else, you create your own opportunities um, and pursue your own hobbies. It could be literally anything. If you've got, if you wanted to start a cafe, Go for it. Go and start that cafe as opposed to not say wasting no eggs are. I think it's kind of not wrong, but it doesn't feel nice to think of people as wasted away their lives working in these, be it you know, menial or what had been deemed as low skilled and low paid jobs, these essential workers as such. Um, I don't know. I think more. Uh, emphasis in life should be placed on um, people and on creating memories, having experiences and I don't know, just living life to the, to the fullest. And I don't think that is being done at the moment. You've got too many people worrying about paying off debts, worrying about where's the, the next plate of food going to come from, worrying about, oh, I need to be at work at this time tomorrow. I need to do this, do that. Yeah. Life should not be like this. It should be, I know, you should be able to take time to, to stop and pause and to think about things just as we, what, stare out of the window now, just looking at the world, passing us by. More people should have the opportunity to do this and it shouldn't be a rarity. It shouldn't be solely reserved for a Saturday or a Sunday. But yeah, it's absurd to me that, oh, you only get two days in a week to rest. What? That makes no sense. All right. And, and wouldn't you want seven days in a week to work on something that you want to work on? Exactly. Because maybe there's a shift there to be done because the two days you spend to rest, yeah. uh, they're not supposed to be days to rest. Because yeah. honestly, if you really, I hate to also be like a utopist in that, in that sense where utopic, uh, but if, if you can try and find and, and have the means, the means to work your way towards something that you can then um, find sustainable happiness through, then you don't even need to think about, the, I don't know what day we are today. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I do not know what day we are. And it's, 
I don't know if it's a reflection of how I set up my own life or how lucky I've been to be in the position I am or both together. But what's for sure is that there's a real act to, um, to not be that, to be stuck in that five day, four day. That is something that is already very, um, anti life. Life life restricted. It has nothing. Yeah. There's nothing to do. It has nothing to do with that. And, and. I, I don't know that I would agree with you totally on, on, on the embracing this automatic uh, revolution where everything would would be technologically um, adapted and adaptive mm-hmm. and that the, the humans wouldn't work anymore because I mean, it would make me sad to think that uh, if taxi driver was made in 50 years, they would actually be a taxi driver. It'd be a robot. Exactly. I think that would be quite... Uh, quite a sad moment and and you know at the same time it's this not unjustified nostalgia on my behalf because what does that mean to be a taxi driver i don't know <laughs> so i'm i'm being i i'm my fantasy and our fantasies are need to be questioned uh, at the same time i I'm, I'm you know maybe there are some people who find pleasures in in structure and in, in work that maybe the world has deemed to be low, t- um, low level work, work, working, and, but maybe, you know, in terms of their mental or their, their, their family life, they're able to structure differently. And you find it's, yeah, I, I am in some way, I, I understand the world is, is changing also, um, but these, these real things that, that that aren't so real because we can't see them most of the time. They're they're always here, and I'm I'm very scared that we're clouding them day by day, and that people are getting lost in their phones so much that they're ready to give everything to them. So, that I'm scared. Yeah, it certainly scares me as well. The more I know, I myself I, I spend quite a bit of time on my phone, and and you know, it's like my phones and social media it's been, it's been around for half my life like the first time i joined facebook i was 11 years old even though what you meant to be 30 you lied on your age yeah and my account would tell you that i'm not <laughs> it's my 48th birthday next week. But, uh, <laughs> i know hopefully mark zuckerberg is like listen and um, but even still like definitely is but doesn't care yeah that's what i mean like half of my life has been spent interfaced with this virtual world this virtual reality and i think with the metaverse or whatever, with Web3 and the way it's going. I think I, I wouldn't like to, but I think the world is going to this, again, increasingly virtual and digitized world in that more and more of the people's interactions are going to be in this virtual world. Whereas I would maybe move away from that. I think you can maybe have both. I think we should encourage and facilitate as much real world interaction as we can which is why I'm so passionate about, uh, like localism, where it's what I'd call the, this politics and that, uh, we should be more connected with our local communities. Well, I don't really know. I mean, I do, I, I guess I know the names of my neighbors on either side or well, on that side anyway, it's, but if you ask the average person, can you tell me the names of everyone on their street? They'd probably maybe be able to do what one or two. Whereas compared that to even like 50 years ago, they'd probably be able to go, yeah, I can tell you not only everyone's name, but I can also tell you something about them. I can tell you right. a bit of news, be it something that's happening in their life. Whereas now we don't have this. We maybe get our news about 
your friends or family or communities from our virtual worlds. And we don't actually interact. We don't talk about these things. You don't ask, oh, yeah. what? You don't go around to your neighbors that much. You don't, people don't go to pubs as often. People don't do it throughout these opportunities. Yeah, you're totally right. There's, um, I have a feeling I live on my own. I have an apartment at the moment. Yeah on my own and I live right over a barber shop and I have a neighbor who lives over me and I know one person down the street and there's some days where everything aligns so that I walk out, I see my neighbor, I see Barbara down there and then I see a friend walk by and the other person I know and all that within five minutes and they all tell me something and I'll tell them something and I then go about my day and think, fucking real yeah like everything's not always perfect yeah i'm i'm saying these these real simple things to these people when they're saying it back yeah. it could just be a smile or a high or something there's uh there's so much uh value when you said you spoke about a democracy and and saying that it's the people and the power yeah. i think that's a redundancy i think a lot of the power is just people there's not the need to emphasize that and in power there's nothing else but people if there is anything so when i'm walking down my steps and i see um, these people there's great in that sense i find great attachment to the world and then there i find great power <laughs> but nothing nothing i don't feel uh, that there's been any work towards that it's just being able to connect <laughs> and and we've gone way too far with it <laughs> I just needed to know that my family's okay, my friends are okay, yeah. and that the conversation I'm having right now with with you is is, yeah, is responsible, marrying what I think, and yeah. and also I don't want to take too much of your time out, you know. In that sense, there's something that is, you know, if there's power there, then it's right here. Yeah, it's in the moment. We, I don't know. So when when I think that maybe I am real, maybe yeah, you probably have just enough. You are. You are okay. <laughs> you were, oh, if you're not, then what, what does that make me? I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, so bringing us on, so we've got to maybe this existential mood. Um, yeah, yeah. And that fits perfectly with uh, the final question I have for you. See, and I don't know how long we've been going for, but it's maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. An hour and a half is about a feature late film. Yeah. How much time do you need to get to this mood where you can end something, walk off and think about something? This is why people need to pick feature films, not short films. Yeah. It marries singly with like conversation as well. Like in virtual conversations, when you're just sending a message to someone, yep. you don't have the, I don't know, the level of connection as we have right now. Yeah, yeah. We're looking into each other's eyes as we yeah. speak and you can actually hear the intonations in my voice, which like the content of what I say does tell you what I'm saying, but also how I say it tells you a lot about what I'm actually saying and what I mean by what I say. Totally. Um, and yeah. again, maybe people are getting to this level of connection because we're not we're not interacting as much as we could be. Or if we are, we're doing it virtually. We're not doing it in person. And I think that is something we need to strive to get back to. We need more in-person interactions. That that's what cinema means. Yeah. We justified. That's cinema. Yeah. The rest is I don't know what it is. Communication. It's nothing. Having a real uh, desire and a need because it becomes a need yeah. to find uh, uh connections with people yeah. um 
complete interactions with people, voice, sound, um, space, time, these, these atmospheres that allow you to have conversation. That's, that's why it's very sad to see things change because not the world is not based on, on your, on the attention time of people shouldn't, or if it is, then people should try and now reverse engineer it by having an hour to have conversations by forcing themselves to be on recording because yeah. then it help hold them accountable yeah. and do it and, and talk to people. Because to be honest, I haven't had a conversation this long. No. That's not true. I didn't meet my girlfriend recently and I have it with her. And funny enough, this is why I love her. And this is, I have conversations like this with my parents. That's good. And I love them because we, we work through things. We don't, we don't text. I don't text it with my girlfriend that much. I don't text with my parents. I think enough, but I mean, I shouldn't like call them, talk with them. That's like really fantastic. This is why I want to make films. This is what cinema allows you to do. Take the time. And then show what that means. Why that it's is. Well, take it's not rushing things. It's letting things take its natural flow. Yeah. Whereas again, this virtual and digital, it, maybe there is this sense of rush, this hastiness in that. I have to respond at this time, otherwise they're not going to see it. Or if I don't respond quickly, then this person's going to forget about me or not think about me. Whereas again, in person, I can take as much time as I want to respond. Obviously, maybe. There are societal norms where it'd be a bit weird if I just took a, a two-minute pause now. Right, right. right. But uh, the, the answer belongs to you. So if you wanted to, it is in your... Uh, this is also part of the medium. This is why conversation uh, has value. Because that would say something about it. I, I would respect as much as if you answered right in the second. It, it makes sense. Yeah. So speaking of taking a moment to think and yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. Um, my final question for you would be, Maurice, do you believe in aliens? Uh, if by aliens you mean other people around in other planets, it could be people, could be uh, just organisms in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, do I b then believe, I don't know what believe means, because do I think they exist? Yeah. Uh, and most probably, I think. Um, do I believe in them? Uh, do I think about them? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I'm, you know, if anyone would tell me, do you want to go to Mars? Do you want to go to the moon? Mm. I'd say no. No, okay. I think there's too much, there's too much to be and too much to see right here where we are. So I wish aliens mm. the very best. Yeah. I want them to be as happy and successful in what they, all their endeavors as possible. Yeah. And I want, I, I wish maybe one day we stop calling them aliens in that sense and that, or if they call, we still call them aliens, um, that we can, uh, uncancel the people we cancel for saying that they are aliens that sell us and that other people are aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're just beings. In that sense, I think aliens. Yeah, they're, they're, I hope they're having a good time. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, a very pleasant and uh, thoughtful message to it. Yeah. But what do you believe in the aliens? Uh, I do. I, have, <laughs> yeah, I want to know your answer. So the fact that we exist is enough for me to believe that something else out there exists. The universe is massive. It's getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And there are what, millions of Earth-like planets or maybe more. Of, when I say Earth-like, I mean, they're in what, the Goldilocks zone and that, the... Yeah, like, like, yeah, 
they've got the the conditions for life to be a star or to have existed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be nice to think of. It may be, would it give us as a species more meaning or less? I think a bit of both. I think it would, 100%. You know, what did the first astronauts do when they showed up to, to the moon? They took pictures of the Earth. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there was a mission to go to the moon, but mm. people haven't gone back, I think, mm. uh, for different reasons. Not that we've been told about anyway. No, yeah, but, I, you know, these things I want to believe in. Mm. These things, do I believe? Yes, of course, I would like to believe because there's, there's so much meaning in leaving home because these people were so excited to come back home yeah. or to look at one from afar. Um, so yeah, I think if that is the case, um, I completely lost my train of thought when you like first time, but you, you upset. First time in what? Nearly two. I'll let you off. Yeah. Well, yeah, you touch on the, what, the blue marble, um, what's it called? There's a certain effect where once you leave, once you, like looking down on planet earth the first time, I think, I think more people should, should be able to do that. I think eventually, I think more people will, uh, um, that's what I think we're living in an age where like, I don't know, space travel and I mean, but, like when I was younger, looking up to the moon and looking up to the stars and thinking, it'd be nice to one day like, visit, I'll just have a little look, see what's going on. Right. And I think that that's becoming a possibility now with what different private companies doing space travel. I, I would say it's on my bucket list one day to this. Literally, even if you just go to space, well, I'll float about for a little second, have a look at planet earth and just go, okay. Yeah. yeah let me know how it is. How, how it is. Let me know because I'm, I'm not going. I'm interested if you <laughs> do first podcast from space. You just try to call that is thing. Come and see. I think some people have done their bucket list already. Yeah. Probably, probably going to beat me to it. Yeah. Oh, well. No, but that's fantastic. That's good. That's good. Anyone who, who has any vision for anything, I think that's beautiful. I think going to space or traveling across, um, space in general is it's too real to me. It's yeah. way too real. These to things me. are also becoming way too real. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would, uh, I'd deal with it. Yeah. Cause then you get back home and what do you do? Shit. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do? Right? Yeah. I mean, would you ever be satisfied again by anything if you've experienced all these amazing, wonderful things or who knows? I hope they would be wonderful things, but I'm not, I'm not sure either. Mm -hmm. I'm not true. I'm a bit of a, Maybe pessimist there, but I don't. Yeah, I I don't want to think we're the center of the world at all. That's also not what I mean. But it's the uh, I think we don't know much yet, yeah. or enough to justify right now. At least this is personally, I I don't know enough to justify me leaving, and I don't think I have enough time to even know. So so, so I need to figure out. You know, I need to clean up my room before I go yeah. if I can clean up the world. <laughs> I don't know. I need to, to not not another lawn in my garden yeah. before trying to like say other things. These, that, that sense we like, mentioned the, what, clean up your room before you clean up the world and move your own lawn before you go, I don't know, the, the lawn of the world. Yeah. That again, that is localism. That is, yeah, yeah. Starting with your closest environment. Because if everyone did this, if everyone thought about, right, the, the things around them, and tried to change them in the best way they could uh, for the for the betterment of everyone. Then, you know, hopefully, maybe the whole world would change. As opposed to again having this being a top-down approach where 
these changes being imposed on us, if we were the ones who brought about this change, if we were the ones who, you know, actually had more say in it, then maybe more change would happen. And this change that does happen would be more beneficial for the people. No, totally. Totally. And this is why, you know, I picked up a camera and yeah. I'm doing it even though no one's told me to do it or told me how to do it or you just wanted to and and that's uh, you know hold on to that liberty while you have it mm. because you get then into the workforce and you have five days to work in and then you lose these things exactly so so i think we're so clear-minded when we grow up and have so many ideas when we're young and stuff hey. fucking stay young and stay free and stay these things that are that are I'm telling myself, you know, I'm, I want to remind myself that time is passing and that I'm so excited to grow old and to think about what my perception will be of the world, but I, I cannot lose myself. And this is why staying here would be it's the only thing I can manage. From it. Yeah. But someone has a good idea for me and tells me I can do this and that and help me. Sure. Why not? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I. I would go. I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I would I stay on earth. Yeah, I'd stay on earth. That's fair. But yeah. Learned. 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 Because that's it. Yeah, I guess that concludes. What time are we on here? Thanks.